have I got a deal for you. But if you buy now, but wait, there's more. Do those phrases send chills up your spine? Personally, I find that there's nothing harder than sales. But we all have to make a living. So how do we overcome our angst? And that's coming up next on Experience Leadership. Welcome to Experience Leadership, a podcast that helps small business owners and entrepreneurs just like you dare to be the exception. Join our host, service expert and master of experiences, Mark Hain, as he uncovers relevant and timely content to help you develop your business. So you can take the time to work on your business, not just in your business. Here's your host, Mark Hain. Welcome to this episode of Experienced Leadership. This is where small business owners and entrepreneurs pick up core skill sets to help them work on their business, not just in their business. I am your host, service expert, and master of experiences, Mark Hain, and I am tickled pink that you are here with me today. My guest is business coach and sales expert, Shauna Quigley. And we will be talking about some myths about selling and how to get over the angst of selling, or as I like to call it, the fear of pushing myself onto others and getting them to buy what I'm selling. I'd love for you to be part of this conversation, so please go ahead and post a comment wherever you're consuming this episode. Go ahead and post a comment. I'd love for you to be involved in this conversation. Also, feel free to go ahead and subscribe to this channel. And while you're at it, I'd love it if you could leave a review. It's always a great thing. It lets me know that I'm on the right track. You know, I will be the first to admit that I am extremely, the word is intimidated by the prospect of selling. I don't know if it was the way I was brought up or just my personality type, but the thought of sales really does scare me to death. And that brings us to our question of the day. What percentage of your business relies on you selling your products or services? And from one to 10, where 10 is that sales is like breathing to you, and one is that you would rather stab a fork into your eye, how comfortable are you with sales? Again, it'd be great if you could share it. You can write in a comment box, my business is about X percent selling and I am a number X, whatever that is for you. As I mentioned, my guest today is Shauna Quigley. Shauna is a business and sales coach and a phenomenal sales trainer. She is passionate about helping people achieve meaningful and measurable professional and personal results. She is an award-winning sales leader and a true expert in her field, and I'm so grateful that she's here today. Shauna, it is so nice to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you, Mark. It's such a pleasure, and I loved your introduction. I have to admit, it sent a few chills at mine. It's like, I have to answer that. It could be an embarrassing answer. True. It's absolutely true. And so, you know, just to play the card a little bit, you know, if you stick around till the very end, we will release for you five ways to build trust. So stay tuned. And wait, there's more. It's such a stereotype, isn't it? Absolutely. You know what? There's movies out there of all these classic salespeople. And I have to admit, I watch them and I'm like, my skin's crawling and I feel disgusting. And, you know, I think, holy crap. You know, the reality is so many people have this perception. 
And every one of us, even those of us who've had a lot of training are like, I don't want to go out and sell. And I can say, honestly, with, you know, intense fear, because I'm supposed to be the sales expert. I too get really nervous about going out and selling, specifically selling myself. There you go. Right? You know, it's kind of like, it's your baby. And suddenly I'm putting myself up there. I spent 25 years selling tier one types of products, you know, Campbell's soup and Pfizer products. And I was very comfortable. It's like, I'm selling something that's really of value to people and I'm not selling myself. And now like, okay, selling myself. And especially if you're an introvert as well, on top of that, right? Compound that with being an introvert. And it's like, oh my goodness. So before we dig really deep into this topic today, could you just let us know what you specifically do for your clients? Absolutely. I do business coaching and sales coaching. So, but specifically, I focus on small business. And the reason I do that is their passion, their excitement, their enthusiasm. They know they're experts in what they do, what they don't have is access to really good corporate tools and a way and a framework to sell. So I'll be talking to them and they'll say, well, you know, I'm really uncomfortable selling all these different things. And that's where I really start that conversation and help them. More importantly, helping them to understand that it's a process and that they can be really confident in any sort of selling situation just by knowing what that process is and not think about this used car sales persona (laughs) that's out there. And be free to be authentic. And oh, be, there you go. You know, be Shauna or be Mark in those transactions. So, yeah, it's fun to watch because everybody comes and they go, oh, I don't know how to, what I'm doing and I'm really uncomfortable. And to the extreme of going, you know, well, they embrace the car salesman mentality. You know, I'm, I'm no different, right? I think if you were to say, ask me, what is the one thing I hate doing more than anything else? It's shopping for houses and shopping for cars. And I don't know why. I think it's because, you know, you have expectations of what you want. And, you know, even as customers, we might have challenges on how do we verbalize what it is we want. And then you have the sales rep coming in and it just feels so pushy sometimes. And, well, you know, if I ever sell anything, I don't want to be that way. But then you end up doing things like talking to people. You don't really open up on what you do. And then there's no call to action. And I have to say, myself, I migrated into the professional speaking realm in 2017. And the one aspect of the business that I still have a big challenge with is this idea of sales. It's, I have no problem having conversation and offering to help people and so on. But when it comes to actually like, I have to prospect and I have to sell, Mm -hmm. it's a challenge. And I'm sure, I'm sure that, you know, entrepreneurs watching this or any business person watching this is saying, you know, I agree. Why is it so hard? Well, you know, first of all, there's a process right? You need to have a plan. What does that look like? So how am I going to be successful? If you can change the conversation to being something about, you know, there's a goal towards this and there's an intention, then that helps. But if you don't have a plan, first and foremost, then you can get really derailed very quickly and go, okay, well, you know, I I need to do this paperwork and then I'll do some prospecting. And then we'll do something else. And suddenly a week goes by and we haven't done prospecting because we're uncomfortable with it. But it's really important to have that plan. And one of the things is, what is it that you're going to achieve in that year? And sort of chunk it down into some buckets so that you'll go, okay, well, if I want to achieve this goal, well, then I need to see so many customers a week and I need to do so many prospecting calls. And so you kind of build that into your plan and, and make it kind of fun. You know, that there should be a reward 
not just the reward of I got that sale, but and celebrate it, make it a game, you know, so that it inspires and encourages you and process also builds your confidence in that. Okay. You know, I can do this. It's very, very important. And I would say too, there's a bit of a mindset part of that. So there's that, let's make it a game. Dig a little bit deeper into that because when I look at my calendar and I have prospecting on my calendar every day, like you mentioned, if something comes up or something happens or somebody needs to meet me, I have absolutely no hesitation of booking time over my prospecting time just because it's just one of those things. It's like, ah, oh, really? How do I turn it into a game that it can be something that I'm going to enjoy? Well, if I can backtrack for a moment, because I'd love to give you a little mathematical calculation and probably everybody out there is going, are you kidding me? Why? But I discovered this calculation probably three years ago. And I honestly practically use it in every single conversation because it's a really good productivity thing. And it's one of those things that will help, I hope, to strengthen that. Yes, I'm going to go out and do that. I'm going to choose this prospecting call over making that call to a potential customer. It's not the saying that you're going to do neither, but you're just going to prioritize the prospecting. So here's the calculation. And it's called return on time invested. And what that is, is it's a calculation that takes 1,880 hours, which is a rough estimate of the available time or hours that you have over a course of a year. So it's taking out 50 weeks, you know, that's 50 weeks, taking out some sick time in that. Whether the actual 1880 is 100% accurate, what it does is it gives you a great baseline. So you say, okay, my goal or my target for the year is going to be, say, 1,880. So you divide that number by the 1880. What that does is it gives you the value of your hour. And so if you're looking at that and you're going, okay, well, I'm going to do all this paperwork. Okay. You know, is that contributing to that hourly value that you're going to make? So hopefully that sort of starts that in terms of contextualizing of, you know what, prospecting is really important and there's a value to that. If I go out and I do this. So I hope that that gives a little bit of motivation. And then from the game perspective, the reality is nobody closes 100%. That's just not going to happen. You know, there's, everyone's heard that no like and trust. Well, you know, you probably need to be in front of somebody five to seven times before they're going to remember and start to see that you're of value to them. So recognize that and think about this. I'm on this journey. I have an intention of this call. And the intention shouldn't be, I'm going in and I'm going to talk to this complete stranger and walk away with a sale at the end, right? So get clear about what that is. And part of that game sake is 50% of the people or more don't have a need for your service today. They may not have a need for your service ever or 24 months or so out. So recognize that and recognize that just in general, closing rates are, for most industries, one out of every five. Once and that's you know, in prospecting, it's quite a bit probably one out of out of 10 for sure. So, when you think about that, I saw this presentation before and I thought, yeah, I like this. This instructor went up to the table and he was talking about this very con and he wrote a hundred thousand dollars on the top of his flip chart. And then he went through 10 and he said, 10,000, 10,000, 10,000. And I thought, where is he going with this? And he said, prospecting one in 10. Okay, so. You go, you make a call, and they say, no, Woohoo! I'm, I just earned $10,000, and you cross it off. 
And it's like that gift to you that kind of keeps reminding you that you're on that journey and you're one step closer. You put some money in the bank. So, you know, those are some of the things that you can kind of play around with for sure. And I would say part of that motivation is just that first call. You got to get over that first call in the morning or whenever you're going to, Oh, I can continue on. It's so interesting because, you know, when you talk about this idea, first of all, you've talked about that rejection aspect, which I think is a big one. It's like, oh, I'm going to do all this and I'm just going to say no. The other right. thing that you, I tapped into with what you said was this thing about providing value. So yes. just to be clear, you're not talking about picking up the phone, calling John and say, hey, John, yeah, we've never met, but boy, do I have a deal for you. Not that at all. You know, it is important just to back up for a second. It does. It is important that you know what your products and services or you as a company, really where you are uniquely positioned, how you differentiate in the market. That's important. You need to know that unique value proposition. And, you know, in a script and you're making some initial appointments, it's like, you know, there will be a little bit of a script that says, you know, we are the only one who does this. Can we have a conversation? To your point, the value, it's about problem solving. And here's the big thing everybody needs to get. It's not about you. It's not about your products. It's not about your service. It's about them. 100% about them. What is their problem that they have and how through discovery? And the discovery is more than one question. And I've seen this many times. People go out, what's your pain point? And then it's like, okay, yes. And then you get this whole tirade of assumptions of, well, you know, this is how we solve all these problems. But that isn't getting to the core of what they are. There's, you know, you should be coming in those particular situations with 10 really good questions that build on one another and go deeper so that you understand what is really their problem. And within that, then summarize and prioritize back. It's like, okay, what I heard in that was this, am I correct? Don't assume and let them really tell you what the situation is. And then only then would you start to tell them about your products and services, specifically in light of how you add value, how you're solving their problem. And that's the value that you're creating. It really does sound like this is a skill. And when we talk about what makes selling so hard, would it be fair to say that one of the reasons why it is so hard is because there's a complete void as far as training for sales? Yes. Now, arguably, you could probably go onto Google and go sales training and have all kinds of people provide you with all kinds of different training. And there's thousands, hundreds of thousands of books probably out there. The challenge comes in that, first of all, you don't know what you don't know. Then you read this content and there's all kinds of different levels of information, people's focus, their core competency, what their background is. And they'll say, well, this is how you go and sell. And so somebody will read that and they'll go, okay. They're not telling you exactly what to say. They're giving you some parameters and they go, okay, I think I got this. And they go out. Unfortunately, what they don't have is a feedback loop, something that kind of comes back and goes, okay, I've listened to that, you know, and gee, Mark, I like this, but you kind of had my skin crawling a little bit. You were getting really salesy on that and you weren't listening. So there's that feedback loop of somebody observing you and giving you feedback and helping you to guide. And the second part of that is really getting focused around making sure you're delivering the value to them. 
So how does that look like and have a system? So, you know, people are kind of like, well, a system is, you know, you plug something in and do it, but there is a process, you know, you're going to start off with some general information. You're going to dig down in those discovery questions before you're going to try and sell to them. And when you have somebody who sort of uh, observes that in some fashion, they can give you really good feedback about that. You know, the good and the bad. Wow, Mark, this was amazing. I really liked how you connected with that person. You know, and you mentioned earlier in our conversation about a lot of people forget to ask for the sale. I have this great conversation and then they kind of drop it because it feels really uncomfortable to say, well, so where do we go from here? You know, or, okay, this is my program. Sign here. I mean, there's different ways, but it is important that you have some conclusion to that conversation of, all right. And I get so many opportunities to observe people. And I love that because what that does is people, you know, myself included, the idea of role playing in front of somebody is, is about as scary as probably going on stage, you know, at, at say the flames stadium or something like that in front of all kinds of people. And, you know, your worst nightmare of showing up there without clothes or something. So <laughs> I get it. I understand it's very uncomfortable. But I can tell you, it is one of the most powerful things that people can go through. And they walk away with, okay, these are some things that I can really work on. And it builds their confidence. And so when they have that next conversation, they're sort of following through that. And confidence is really important in that conversation. If you don't know what you're going to do or how to move about, you're really uncomfortable. And so this is sort of that gift of, okay. I know what to do. And I know sort of that natural conclusion. So there, there's like many, there seems to be many spokes to this wheel when it comes down to sale. And you just nailed something about this idea of confidence. So I'd like to dig a little bit deeper into the idea of bringing confidence to the transaction. And we'll do that right after this. When the spotlight shines on your business, are customers applauding or yawning? In other words, how is your business performing? Make your business a star with the new book, Lights, Camera, Action, Business Operational Excellence Through the Lens of Live Theater by Mark Hain. Mark uses his business and acting experience to help you see your business like a live show so you can create a performance your customers will never forget. Buy Lights, Camera, Action today at your favorite online retailer or directly at markhain.com. Welcome back. I am speaking with business coach and sales expert, Shauna Quigley. Um, Shauna, just before we jumped into that little quick break, we were talking about this idea of confidence. Mm. You know, when you said that word, I got just a flood of different images because it's confidence in what you have, confidence in your capability, confidence in the product, confidence that you know that that product will. How does somebody wrap their head around this idea when you use the word confidence? It is. It's really multifaceted. And that's one of the things that's really important is. First and foremost, have confidence in your systems. And, you know, we talked about having that, that system of feedback and a process. And you get comfortable in that. Think of a, a professional, you know, any person in professional sports. They train, they train, they train to the point it comes automatic. And likewise, the same sort of thing. You train and train to understand and be the best that you can be in your process, but also in your company. So, you know, do you know about the competition? Do you know how your products really sell? So you become an expert 
a subject matter expert. And I would encourage you not just on your products or services or company, but the industry about, you know, the general competition. Now, everybody has access to all kinds of different resources. And it's a mistake to walk into someone and think that they haven't at least researched some of the things. And if they've actually gone to your website and have identified, call me, these are the people who are, you know, right now, they've identified a need. They've probably determined, you know, a short window of products or services that you and some other people have talked about. So you need to make sure that you're an expert on all of it because there's nothing that loses credibility quicker than showing up and your customer informing you about your products, your services, and the industry. So it's really important that you have that confidence in your knowledge and skill set. And then there's pride, right? You know, when you have that kind of confidence, there's also pride in what you're doing. All of these things integrate. Yeah. So as you're going through that, you know, I, I flashed back to about 20 years ago when I had to buy a point of sale system. And we had a gentleman come in and he was talking about everything his system can do and so on. And I decided to pick up the phone and call their techs and just say, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about installing a thing and the sales rep says it can do this, this, and this. And, and the techs were like, yeah, it can, but, um, and I said, oh, thank goodness I made the call. And so I was lucky enough to come across another gentleman who I was able to do business with, who was a little bit more transparent by the limitations of his product. And so this idea of honesty comes into the fray as well. So confidence versus honesty, I think, comes in. And I think in itself, I think you need to have some sort of a value structure there as well. Yeah, it's certainly, it's really important to come across authentically and honestly with integrity. And it's okay. I don't think everybody expects that there is a miracle cure solution out there that's going to solve 100% of the things for less than their budgeted cost, right? There's always going to be some concessions or some gives and take. But the person who wins is that one who's in there and invested in a long-term partnership with those people. Not, you know, sort of that confrontational, I'm here, you're here, and, and we're in competition. But when we're collectively coming together and, you know, it becomes a co-creation of that solution. And in that, you create additional referrals and recommendations and hopefully loyal customers because the next time that they need something, you know, who are they going to come to first? It's really about that whole integrity and really providing that value to them. And as you're saying all this, I'm just hinting onto this idea like this is really no different than creating relationships with other people. I mean, you would never ever go to your next door neighbor and, and try to sell something without, without ever introducing yourself or whatever, right? Somebody did an analogy of, you know, some, the way some people handle sales, it's, it's like if you went on, on a date and you saw the person that you just met, fell madly in love with and, on, you know, you made eye contact and right then you said, I need you to marry me. It just wouldn't happen. This idea of creating conversations then We've seen through social media, if you go online all the time, they talk about this idea of constantly providing this value and constantly providing these things to support the growth of relationships. Are there tools or techniques that you think people need to get a handle on in order to do this effectively? For sure. You know, I think that it comes down to some best practices, first of all, and having a structure mm -hmm. and a plan. Remember, we talked about a plan before. 
you know, part of that is you have to have a nurture cycle. You know, how do I create relationships? And, you know, if it's the first time I'm talking to somebody through to the last one, what does that look like? Right. But then there's also other kinds of tools in terms of one of the things that I do is I discovered it's called social styles about three years ago. And it was actually in a sales training course that I was participating in. And I watched this and I thought, oh, I'm a professionally trained coach. And this blew my mind. I thought, why didn't I know about this, you know, 25 years ago when I started my career? And it is something that I use a lot. And right now they've just launched. um, So social styles is actually an assessment tool, but also training. And what it does is it talks about really starting to understand the other person, you know, and you can tell that by some of the things that they say and they do. And then targeting your communication in a way that's really meaningful to them. So not only are you going to talk value to them, but you're going to talk to them in a way that's really meaningful. So if there's someone who is highly technical, right, then there's certain tools that you can nurture that whole relationship with by understanding what's really relevant and important to them. And so those are, you know, a number of different types of things, but it is that whole value cycle is understand who they are. How can I nurture that relationship in an honest way that is providing some sort of value and assistance to them? Shauna, this is really great information. I'm sure the people listening to this going, oh, geez, I got to get Shauna in to talk to my team. How can people get in touch with you if they want to reach out? You can easily go to my website, which is quigleycoaching.com. And uh, you can also email me at Shauna, S-H-A-W-N-A, at quigleycoaching.com. I'm on LinkedIn and I'm on Facebook. So there's a number of ways that you can get a hold of me. So you mentioned these social styles. How does that reflect as far as what people are doing online? Like how they're marketing themselves, how they're showing up online, how they're engaging and enrolling people online? It's a huge part of it. So, you know, there's, if I am a person and I'm trying to market myself, right, there's opportunities taking this knowledge and there's four different social styles. So embedded in my communication, different types of things that will appeal to each of them. If I am actually someone who is, if you were going to be my customer, then there would be things that I would do to investigate, to try and assess what type of social style are you? and by sort of having that assessment, then I will gear my communication somewhat uniquely to you, to the way that you find the information. And I'm very excited to, just last week, Social Styles is by Tracon Group, and I'm an authorized seller of their programs. And they just launched, it's called Virtual Selling with Social Styles. I'm really excited because it is the world that we live in now. And this program is phenomenal because it really breaks it down. This is okay. You know, if you're having a prospecting call, if you are in a certain stage of the the selling cycle, you know, if you're looking to just try and understand ways to market, what are some of the different types of tools? So social styles is a great tool to really help and facilitate that in a world where everything's virtual. So it's, it's that question of, well, what do we do and how do we do it? Here's another little nugget or knowledge piece that can support that. It all sounds, you know, this whole idea now, we've talked about mindset, we've talked about the need to train one another in the aspect of sales and have a system in place to be able to help that. We talked about the fact that this is about having conversations and relationships. So it's really hinting to me that this is all about, at the end of the day, it's all about, and I think you said at the very beginning, this idea of know, like, and trust you. 
I know that you have a five-step framework for building trust. I'd like to get into that right after this. When you're delivering an important speech to a huge audience, it's easy to lose your place or go way over time. Give yourself an advantage with the Pro Speaker Presentation Speech Timer app. No more checking your watch or calling for time. The Pro Speaker Presentation Speech Timer app keeps you on track with easy-to-see timers, even changing color for visual prompts during your speech. And you can set audio cues to practice or set it to vibrate so you don't even have to look. Be the pro you know you are. Download the app at speakerpresentationtimer.com. So we've been talking a lot about this idea of shaking our mindset and our skill set for training. Shauna, when we talk about this idea of training, we're talking this idea about building relationships with people, being open. You use the word uh, transparency at one point, authenticity at one point. And to me, this just smacks of this idea that, you know, in order to do this effectively, people have got to trust what you're doing. And I know that you have this five-step framework. Could you just kind of review that for us? Absolutely. So first of all, sales, I think we've kind of indicated this throughout, that it's a, a skill and it's a process. And so once we get really comfortable and confident in that process, it becomes a very natural conversation. And the five-step process that you're talking about is my trust framework. And that is actually... Essentially, it's like this process that you go through when you're talking with clients. And when you follow each of those steps, it has that natural conclusion. And the benefit of you're not kind of getting off the call and going, oh, gee, you know, I should have should have asked that kind of couple questions. So it all comes down, you know, the process, but there's also a plan, right? So don't just enter a conversation and go, okay, well, I'm going to say the same thing as I do with everyone. We talked in the last segment about social style. So who is it you're talking about? And that's the first part of the trust framework. So trust is T-R-U-S-T. And that first T is thoroughly prepare. What is it that I need to know? What is it I know about them? What are the likely things that they are looking for solutions for? How can I uniquely provide that? And what kind of questions will I ask them based on the information I found? What's their style? What kind of business are they in? And make sure that I'm thoroughly preparing, that I know who I'm talking to, that I know what their business is. There's nothing worse than, especially as I, I mentioned earlier in the, in the conversation, you know, to pick up the phone and somebody said, well, you know, what do you do? Well, it should be an automatic that if you're picking up your phone or you're meeting me somewhere, unless it's just this instant meeting, I should know something about you. I should certainly know what your company does and potentially have some reasons why I might need your services. Thoroughly prepare. And with that also, how have you helped similar types of clients? Have that in your back pocket. The second one is respect their time. So have an agenda, have an intention, let them know what's going to be happening and how long you're going to be. There's nothing worse than somebody saying, I just need 10 minutes of your time. And at the 10-minute mark, they're a long ways from being finished, all right? Then the, the U is understand their situation. So that's that, questions. Come armed with 10 really great questions. Not, please don't say, what's your pain point? You've done the investigation. You know something about them. So dig a little bit deeper. Show that subject matter expert that you understand and have those conversations. Then, as we talked about, summarize. The S in trust, summarize and prioritize. Okay, these are the things that I heard. Was that correct? 
Don't make the assumption, okay, these are your problems and uh, here's your solution. Verify that is what they, you know, that you have heard them correctly. And in that, they might go, well, you know what? Actually, it's a little bit more of this. And so you can go a little bit deeper in those conversations. And then sometimes, often, the budget is not going to allow them for 100% of the fix. So prioritize what are the most important issues that we need to address. And then you co-create a solution. And I hope you heard that word, co-create, right? You're getting them involved in that. So that it's a solution and a value that's specific for their needs, not, okay, I'm taking out my binder on t- page 875. Here is the exact solution that you need, right? It's about building that trust and building that value for them. And then the last is, oh my goodness, it's asked for that sale. Take them to the next step and recognize that asking for the sale is not always, some sales are very long part. So it might be okay. Can I talk to the user of this, you know, so that we can get a little more clarity about how this is going to look? Maybe would you like to do a tour of my facility? So there is a natural next step. It's not always sign here, right? And it might even be to go to a proposal or an RFP, right? But you have to ask for that next step and then move to that. That's my trust framework for managing that. And it's funny, the people I work with, they laugh, they go, oh, yeah. I didn't thoroughly plan, and so that's where I went, or I forgot to ask this. And what it does is it also makes it very efficient from your time because you've got this list of questions I need. So if you go back to a company, your company, and maybe there's some IT support or someone else that you need to bring into that, and they go, well, did you ask this question or what was their needs or what was their time frame, which is oddly a question people seem to forget. You know, it's like, okay, well, now you need to go back. So there's efficiency too, as well as that professionalism and that comes through in that. So that's, in a nutshell, trust. Would some people turn around and say, you know, I don't want to script my calls because I don't want to sound like I'm just doing a telemarketing thing. Have you heard that? Is that condition? And then oh, yeah. how can people overcome that? Yeah, I hear that all the time. You know, it's like, I don't want to do a script. I I don't want to come across inauthentic. And so I would say there's a place for scripts. And that would be things like, you know, your initial conversations that you're going to have. So you're doing a prospecting call, just trying to get some initial appointments. And I think that, you know, you need to have that 30 or 60 second, let's call it a pitch, but not salesy and, you know, much like your introduction, right? You know, it needs to be something that's comfortable that, that, Triggers to people that there is some value in talking to me. That's what that is. When I'm talking about that customer meeting and going through the trust, it's not scripted. What it is, is A, it's an agenda. And B, there are certain questions that you need to go through to make sure that you're really guiding them and identifying if you can provide value for them. Because really sales is about solution finding, right? Providing them a solution to which they need. And how can you do that if you don't know what their problem is? And so often, a lot of times, they really don't know what the problem is. It's like, well, this broke down. Well, you might actually, by drilling down on some of the questions, it was maybe there's something in the back of the system that's causing this problem. There's, you know, some antiquated machinery. It's not that widget specifically. And if you just focus on that immediate need, you're not really creating that real solution for them. 
Amazing. And it's, you know, and again, as you're doing this, I, you know, I haven't been on the receiving end of sales calls and, and so on. The number of times that somebody has come in and assumed the problem without digging mm -hmm. deeper into it. Again, this is where the conversation comes in. And, you know, having this idea of actually having a list or having a script of things that you have to talk about and you have to cover is, is really important. I guess one of the challenges with this idea of prospecting sales is getting the conversation started. You know, you have an agenda when you want to meet somebody. I know personally, I've put out emails to people and I, you know, say, I'd love to do a 10 minute discovery call about your upcoming association conference. I'd love to pick your brain on what you're looking for and so on. And it goes out into the ether, never been, never to be responded to ever again. And, and so I look at that and I go, well, you know, part of my thinking is, well, they know that I'm looking to sell my services. And so why would they want to make, unless they have a true need, like unless they went onto my website, they checked my website, they came back, they go, yeah, I think this guy has something that we need. And then they'll pick up the phone and say, yeah, I'd like to do this quick little discovery call because I want to see if you'll fit our needs. But most people, I think, would look at that email and say, I don't want to be sold to. I'm not <laughs> going to give you 10 minutes of my time to sell me. Comments about that. Well, you know, I get those emails every day myself, whether it's, you know, actually in my inbox or LinkedIn, Facebook, there is a, a gambit of people trying to sell. As someone who's sitting there, it's like, oh. and there's days that I just want to go. There's times that I actually want to email them back and go, maybe we should have the conversation uh, about what I can do for you versus what you're doing. But that being said, there's a number of different things, right? And it comes down to setting that expectation, right? And if you really get focused around, I want to try and provide value to you. And there's some initial things about, well, I understand that you're in this type of business and that this might be of value to you. So rather, you know, in some cases, yes, you might phone them and say, I'd like, you know, 10 minutes of your time, you know, providing some value offers, doing things like posting really good content. I know that you're doing this. I think this might be of interest or here's a link to some pieces of information so that it's more of a non-pressure, but I'm really trying to provide some value to you and that there's no risk involved in that. And that nurture sequence, right, is often some little bits of things that they can get exposed to you without having to really make a commitment. You know, here's a little video I can watch or, you know, can I connect with you on LinkedIn and you know, different types of things so that people start to, you know, it's building that trust and that, that expectation that you have something that is of offer to me and that you are more of a subject matter expert than, you know, just someone who's, I'm just going to do all these leads. I'm going to generate 2000 leads for you in one day, you know, those types of things. Mm -hmm. So but. it does because, you know, we innately understand that this is kind of the problem when it comes down to the prospecting is that you have to go out there and you have to be of service to other people. And again, that ties really well into your five-step framework. If you're going to prospect, you're not just going into a call list. You're doing research. You're going to mm -hmm. thoroughly prepare. <laughs> and I think this is what, what happens is people aren't thoroughly preparing. They're not looking in and saying, okay, this guy connected with me on LinkedIn. I'm, and then they just send a blanket out thing. Hey, thank you so much for connecting. It's so great to hang out with like-minded people who, right? And they, they go into this whole big thing. And, you know, it's, it's smacks of inauthenticity. It smacks of not really caring about who I am and what I stand for. And so it, it shuts us down automatically. And I think that's the digital equivalent to being in a 
car sales lot and Harry, the honest salesman, comes out and pulling up his pants saying, hi, folks, it's so nice to have you here. Yes, absolutely. Well, I would say probably on average, at least four times in the week, probably more, I get these cringy comments and it's just like, here we go again. And it is, it's totally about researching. And within that researching, look at your connections. Who in your connections might be able to facilitate an introduction? Because that's considered a warm call and warm calls are far more effective in getting in the door than cold calling. It used to be, it took about three calls to get in on a cold call. It's now well into the nine plus and the effectiveness is, you know, dramatically also goes down as well. So if you can look at it and, and really identify who your key customers are in the real target market, create a list and do some research and, oh, look at this. You know, my ideal customer is ABC company and I've done work for XYZ company and they know one another. I wonder if XYZ might provide an introduction. And not to right? be afraid to ask for it. Exactly. I had a thought, a, a question. As you were talking about that, I've completely lost it, but I'm looking at, you know, anybody who's watching or listening to this podcast could be listening to the saying, it's, it's all fine. I mean, we've covered so many different topics in such a short time. How do they get started? Like if somebody understands that they have this huge, big weakness, what's their first step to move forward? I would think it's a little old school. And that is sit down and get prepared, plan. You know, do you know really about the value you create, right? So do a SWOT analysis, do a competitive analysis. Understand what's really uniquely valuable about you. Get, become an expert on your industry right? So that you really know and understand, I provide this kind of value and I'm really unique in this. That will build up your confidence and it will help you to get really clear about how you communicate to someone, whether it's a, I've gone on an online networking group or I'm, you know, sourcing people out on LinkedIn or Facebook. You need to be able to say something to them that is compelling and meaningful. And that's not, everybody says that, right? I'm going to improve your productivity. Okay, you know, I've gotten 20 emails today about how you're going to improve my productivity, right? So you want it to be authentic and come through and how you are unique. If everybody's talking the same language, then, then you're just this um, sort of space in a cloud. Yeah. And so it's, it's interesting it's that you unique. say that because I had a guest on, he's a marketing specialist, and he was talking about the research that needs to be done. One of the suggestions he made is go onto your competitor's website and see how they're talking about their service. And he says, mm -hmm. I bet top dollar, that's exactly how you're talking about your service, right? It's mm -hmm. all about me, me, me. This is what we do. This is what we do. And so if you want to differentiate, first and foremost, you have to talk differently about it. And I love that you bring that up because the other thing about that is it's not about me, 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 me. It's what solutions do you provide? You know, it's all about the customer. And if you get in that mindset from the get-go and it's talking about, this isn't what I do or this is what my product is, this is my target customer and these are how we help. And really sort of setting that preface. And then we talked a little bit, you know, throughout about that mindset. And if you can create a mindset that says, I'm going out, not I'm going out to sell, but I'm going out to help people that comes through, you know, that's that integrity piece and trust piece 
And people are going to feel that and respond more readily to that. And it's a whole lot more comfortable thinking, oh, you know, I'm, I'm following this particular script and I'm, you know, I need to wear my plaid plaid jacket to be, you know, like the, the typical, you know, car salesman of years ago, right? Yeah. And I'm having a sneaking suspicion that millennials and younger generations are looking at this going, they keep talking about a car salesman. What, what, what are they talking about? <laughs> people get into, uh, I'll, uh, I think, uh, if you're watching this and you don't know what we're talking about with car salesmen, watch any movie from the 80s that had anything yeah. to do with a car salesman <laughs> or buying a car. Anyway, as people get into this and as they're listening to this, some people might get all gung-ho now and it's like, oh, okay, I'll get my process in place. I'll get my prospect list in place. I'll make sure I set time aside to do my research and so on. Are there any cautionaries as people jump into this as they uncover their skill sets and their mindset? Yes. So I would say the first and foremost, and I would say there's a few, but first and foremost, don't try and do everything at once, right? You know, it's like, okay, set out what your lists are, prioritize what you think is the most important and go from there. Because two things are going to happen. You'll be a master of none because you're, you know, you're going to do a partial job on one thing. So identify what's the most important, do that well, move on to the next. Because what you'll also find is so often they flow into one another. So one feeds the other. You know, the second part of that is have some patience because Rome wasn't built in a day and neither will your processes and change. The other thing I would say is have some sort of process to try out one thing at a time and get a sense of, well, did this work? Did this not work? Oh, that didn't particularly work. And I think it didn't work because of this. So now I'm going to modify this a little bit. So you keep fine-tuning it until you have a process that really works. Then move on to that next step. So those would be, in a nutshell, how I would approach it. And, and again, have some fun with it. And you know, try really hard not to get discouraged. Celebrate that win. A win is, I experimented with this and it sucked. But you know, now I have some idea of, of why. So now I can fine-tune it. So, you know sort of make that a bit of a game and make sure that you're celebrating. And it may sound a little odd, but you know, that's a win. You're one step closer to being that much better. Much like that scenario of the the 10,000, you know, the attempts you know, on inventing the light bulb. Yes. Attempt yes. number 452. Yay, it failed, but I learned something along the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this has been sure. so amazing, Shauna. Do you have any last thoughts about what we're talking about? Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you think is important for the audience to know? I would say when it comes to mindset, think about this as you're actually going out and you're solving problems and that you're really creating value. And the concept of confrontational, you know, it's not us against them. And so often we think about that, particularly when we, we talk about negotiation, it's like, oh, Soon as we come to a price, it's an all-out fight and war against one another. But it's not, you know, think of it as two people coming together or two organizations coming together collectively for, you know, a better good, a better support. And just as if you can really reframe it to more of a problem-solving conversation that I'm providing value and that they have a need and together we're going to work together, that makes such a difference if you think about how you show up to meet that customer that resonates off you. It also, you know, helps to tame them, you know, that angst that they're feeling about, oh yeah, Mark's coming in and he's really high pressure. And so I've got to, you know, I've got to make sure that I'm shoring up everything against him. 
you know, it's like all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's really refreshing. You know what? Oh, we're going to have a conversation and I can let myself down. The quality of that relationship that gets created, whether it turns into a sale that day or uh, down the road, it probably turns into some referrals and some testimonials down the road as well. Shauna, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. Could you just remind everybody one more time how they can get a hold of you? Absolutely. So quigleycoaching.com, Q-U-I-G-L-E-Y, coaching, C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G.com. And uh, direct email is Shauna, S-H-A-W-N-A, at quigleycoaching.com. Please feel free to join me on social media. Link with me. And you have, I, I, so I put in the show notes, I put a link on to some sort of an assessment or a, uh, a worksheet. Absolutely. So I have a five minute online assessment. It's called Where's Your Business Now? And that is completely free. You can go to my website, click on it. It will automatically email you the results. And uh, it's my gift to you. If you would like to have a further conversation about some of the things that you learn in that, feel free to book a 30 minute complimentary session with me. And in, if you go to my website, you can, in the contact session, ask for a sales uh, assessment. And there's a, a number of questions you can go through that'll help you to identify specifically where in the sales cycle you might need some support. Amazing. Thank you again, Shauna. This has been amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Mark. It was such a pleasure. I really enjoyed it. Why don't you let me know if this was of value to you? As always, my offer stands. If you would like 30 minutes of my time to help you brainstorm your business with you and your team, why don't you go ahead and book yourself on my online calendar? The link is down below. It's the one that's marked meetme.so slash Mark and that's Mark with a C. As always, I am at your service. And if you haven't done so yet, why don't you go ahead and click the subscribe button and subscribe to this feed. I would love it if you would tap out a review on what you thought of today's episode. And by doing so, I'll be able to give you first dibs whenever I bring you some fresh content that will help you work on your business, not just in your business. My name is Mark Hain. I hope you stay safe, stay healthy, and dare to be the exception. Thank you for joining us this week on Experience Leadership. Make sure you visit markhain.com where you can subscribe to iTunes or by RSS so you'll never miss a show. Or go directly to markhainlive.com to watch the video edition of this podcast. While you're at it, if you found today's content valuable, please give us a rating on iTunes. Or you can share it and tell your friends all about the show. As Mark says, knowledge is power, but only if you share it. Be sure to tune in each week for the newest episode. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and dare to be the exception.